0: After truth? I'm more of a chaser. already. So it takes guts to be a first follower. You stand out and you brave ridicule yourself. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. Welcome to Chaser After Truth, a Quidditch podcast about life and a life podcast about Quidditch. I'm your host, Alejo Enriquez. I've been wanting to do this topic so much that I actually bumped it up because uh, uh, there's a bunch of other podcast topics that I wanted to get to, but I felt like I wanted to move this one to um, to air when it will air in uh, late August, early September, because that's when recruitment season is going to be in full swing. The Quidditch community is at a bit of a crossroads. We've lost a lot of momentum from... Uh, COVID-19 and not being able to play for a while, and now some of the, we have to try and get the momentum back again. Once you, you've lost some of that in cultural inertia of having students who were freshmen and are now seniors who have been in their program for four years kind of passing on the, the the baton, it's really, we don't have that luxury, and so one of the biggest and most important things we're all doing is trying to recruit new players. Now, the good news is that there's a lot of freshmen coming into college right now who are just ready to get out and do things, to try new things. They, they've been stuck indoors. They've been stuck away from activities for a while. And, uh, you know, that's a fertile, fertile ground for trying to recruit new players. But uh, a lot of people are going to be, you know, at a lot of club events, club recruiting events over the next month. And I thought I'd just drop a few tips here to try and help out with that process. Now, I feel like I should include a disclaimer that I don't think I'm the best recruiter in the world. I think if there is one, it's probably Sam Fishgrund over in California, but I don't know if you could measure such a thing. But uh, I'm going to try and and give some perspective. Let's just say that. The first and most important thing uh, to do is to recognize what you're going to do. Don't just do it just because, like, all right, well, coach said I had to, so I'm going to do it. Think about what you're doing and why. And also why it's hard, because recruiting is hard. First off, I mentioned back in episode two the power and the pain of no that it physically hurts your brain to be rejected. Social rejection, emotional rejection, any kind of you know, it, it, it all it's all bad as far as your brain's concerned. We we're built for connection, we're built for trying to hear and say yes, and so Every time you're recruiting and someone's like, no, nah, especially, you know, whether they walk by and don't even make eye contact or if they make eye contact or look at your stuff and then keep walking, every one of those little no's kind of adds up and that sucks. And if you're if you're offsetting it with enough positives, like, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'm okay. Here's some literature. Here's some literature. Okay, cool. I can't wait to be there. I'm going to bring my friends, right? You, you kind of got to lean on that. You've got to lean on that to help keep you going because it is painful, for people to to shoot you down over and over. You have to recognize that You can't act like it doesn't hurt. Now, another important aspect of this is that it doesn't hurt everyone equally. Some people are through either uh, having less empathy or just being more extroverted, or maybe they enjoy social interaction more. For whatever, some some people are uh, more better equipped to hear no over and over. You definitely want at least one of those people on your front line if that's not you and you're the only person who's going to be able to do it just recognize that once you get someone else sitting there with you you know your life will be that much easier and another thing is that as I mentioned also in episode two that some people are born into a culture where you're not supposed to ask questions that put someone in a position to say no some people are from what's called guest culture you're supposed to guess whether the person is is setting you up to ask a question so that they can say yes or if they're sending signals that they're not going to say yes so you shouldn't ask the question and 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 this can be kind of frustrating to deal with but unfortunately a lot of people just you know we we don't get to choose what culture we're born into and how we're wired that's just kind of how it goes uh and uh so recognize if you're from ask culture or guess culture recognize are there a bunch of internal stops when you're about to ask, hey, are you gonna to come to practice? Or hey, can I get your phone number? Like if you're like choking on a little bit, you're probably from guest culture. You're trying to read to see if they've sent the signal rather than just ask and then put them in a position to say no. So that's another thing to consider when you're sending your recruitment team and you're plan planning your you got your plan of attack. If one person on your team is like, oh no, I'm I'm asked culture, I'll just ask. I don't care if they say yes or no. Like, you know, that's probably a good thing. But then also recognize if you're too forward, then the people who you're recruiting who are from guest culture and are kind of on the fence might find that a turn off. So there's no one right answer. Every interaction you have is unique and there's no there's no shortcuts. There's no up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. You know, you just have to try and develop your speaking skills and your reading skills and just do the best with whatever you got another consideration to uh the recruitment process it comes from the video that i've linked in the show notes and it shows a guy just kind of doing a silly dance and over time he gets other people to join him making a little impromptu mosh pit that the, the active recruiting is an intensely vulnerable process you have to dare to be the first person out there looking silly all by yourself and Whoever the first person is who decides, sure, I'll try and join that in, is a very valuable person because they're ultimately taking a leadership position as well just by by giving you credibility. By it. and so that's one thing to think about. Vulnerability is a really difficult thing for a lot of people to cope with, especially when you're starting a small, a new small organization. It's it, you're gonna be bathed in it, and so. You're going to want to try and make peace with vulnerability, being vulnerable, being potentially laughed at and mocked and stared at because all the Quidditch organizations that exist now were at one point very small. And the kind of cheat code, the easy way in is to start it with your friends. So you can already be vulnerable with, you can all look silly together. But if you don't have the luxury of having a group of friends, you're all going to start a Quidditch team together with then it is going to be a very painful process and uh, you know there's no way around that except to just do your best and reach out and get support from other quidditch programs that are in your area Um, to find uh, existing sports teams or clubs that might be are interested in joining forces with you and anything you can do to make that less uh, you're in the spotlight and everyone's staring at you can help but you also just kind of have to be ready to be in that spotlight. And the last really important point I want to bring up is that when the people are walking by and trying to decide what, uh, what clubs are there to, you know, and these are self-selecting groups, the people who don't want to be in clubs aren't at that fair. So unless they're offering pizza and they're just grabbing pizza and getting signatures just to get out of there. But, you know, even then you can just, don't worry about them. They're not your problem. You know, you've got a lot of self-selecting people who are interested to try something new or different. And so... You know, one thing, you you're, you you can invite them with your words, you can invite them with your body language and behavior, but the other thing you can do is invite them by having a culture that people want to join. And some things are, are a matter of taste, right? Like if you're big and loud and jokey with each other, some people will look at that and be like, oh yeah, I'm into that. And other people are like, no, I'm not into that. So whatever you are about yourself, just be honest be true to yourself because those are you're gonna recruit people who are self-selecting to be interested in joining that group. But there are some characteristics that are kind of universal to all human groups. One thing to think about is that a lot of people are are really good at reading other people's kind of emotional state, their thoughts, through their body language. And nothing turns people off more quickly than judgmentalism. And uh judgmental behavior judgmental thoughts and really comes from a place of fear the 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 idea behind a judgmental mindset and and this is something everyone has to a greater or lesser degree unfortunately because of society but basically everyone kind of has a ranking system in their head of what makes a good person or a bad person and unfortunately a lot of people have a very detailed ranking system where everyone in the world is ranked one to seven billion the best people to the worst people. And so when you have this mentality, you tend to be afraid of being ranked lower. You want to be ranked higher because that affords you more opportunities. It affords you more security, more love, more life, more money, all those things. And so, you know, while we all do kind of have things that we use to rank people, everyone does, we can't really avoid it like you really have to try and push that back a little bit in your mind you have to look at different people as opportunities rather than uh, opportunities to, to meet someone new to make a new friend to to build your worldview because if you're looking at other people as a way to improve your standing in the world by judging yourself or your group better than them a lot of people out there can read that and that leads to toxic culture toxic behavior now I do mean that everyone kind of has some sort of system to rank. It is is almost impossible to be truly neutral, truly value neutral in all ways. And some people are ranking everyone based on how much money they have or what religion they belong to or whether or, or, you know, other things like that that are that are kind of off, obviously awful. But, you know, some people can't help. You know, I try not to. But I know I rank people based on things like Your openness. Your ability to listen and think and learn and be introspective and contribute to a community. I happen to think that if you can do those things, it makes you a better person than if you're closed off and judgmental and so forth. And I can't, you know, it's hard to get away from that. I think that's human nature. So if you're trying to say you don't have a ranking system, you're lying to yourself. Like if you really don't have a ranking system, you've identified the one you grew up in and you fought it. And so, you know, the somehow some way people in this world are better or worse in your eyes. It's important to know what those are and to try and turn that down because if you're not turning that down when you're recruiting, you're just trying to judge every person right away to see if they're good for your team, if they're a good person. A lot of people are going to smell that and they're just not going to be interested in playing games. Just try and, and this is really the more detailed version of the, the phrase be welcoming, right? You want a welcoming culture, but what is a welcoming culture? A welcoming culture is one that accepts multiple different types of people as valid and beneficial and useful and worthy. Uh, the more different kinds of people who are worthy, the more welcoming your culture. So, you know, trying to have a welcoming culture is really where it's at, but it doesn't, that you know, that's an easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing to do because what you have to do is you have to look inside and say, how do I rank people and can I get that to shut up when I'm recruiting, right? Because, you know, that's that's really going to be important because otherwise you're going to turn away a lot of people without ever realizing you ever had a chance to recruit them one thing that can help you navigate this is understanding the difference between a a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and uh, if you google growth mindset versus fixed mindset a lot of the stuff you read on the internet makes it sound like everyone is kind of one or the other and that's not really true I think that, that everyone's in kind of a different place in in what they think we do and don't change over time and it also depends on your age. So for example, we would expect children to grow and get taller, but we don't expect that from adults. And there are some things that are more changeable when we're young and less when we're older. But it is also kind of, some people have more of a fixed mindset where the way someone is, is the way they're always going to be. And other people have a growth mindset where it's, well, okay, the way you are now is not necessarily the way you're going to be in the future. You can improve. And you've got to have a growth mindset when it comes to Uh, you know, bringing people into the sport. Okay, you're not good now, but you can get good. You can get better. You want to try and have that mentality to make your organization one that fosters growth and development. This is the Drill of the Week. 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 So I've never had the pleasure of doing this exact drill as I'm about to describe it, but it's modified from other drills that we have done. We've done uh, different gauntlet drills in Victoria. So this is a gauntlet drill, where one person runs through a series of, you know, almost like an obstacle course, a series of things they have to do and kind of in order. Um, but the idea is several fold. One is that uh, you're you're kind of introducing each person to the different positions in Quidditch, and the other idea is that you are introducing each person to the whole team, the team introducing the team to the person. So you can make a bunch of different versions of this, and it really depends on how many people you have. But let's say you have, I think this, the the version I'll go through works well with seven people. So you're going to have, it's a gauntlet, so every one person's going to go through, the other six are all going to be helpers, and you're going to rotate, every person's going to go in. So uh, you're going to have the person have a starting position, they're going to run forward, and then someone's going to pass them a quaffle from one side, they're going to catch it two-handed, And then immediately on the run, pass it to a receiver. And then they're going to make another catch, right? And then another pass. So there's four people, uh, two throwers and two catchers with two quaffles. Then immediately on the run, they pick up a bludger off of the ground. And they're going to throw it at a target. The target can be uh, a person with a heavy bag or just a person just kind of their arms around their belly, throw it right here, and it's a dodgeball, so they make a beat, and they're actually planting their feet, throwing for a platform. And this actually is a nice little trick to show them how to do good footwork as a beater. And, and you can evaluate people's footwork right off the bat without realizing it. Because they're thinking it's about the arm and the throw and the ball, but if you watch their feet, you'll get an idea of what this person's footwork's like. And then immediately afterwards, they're gonna uh, run to the last person, the last position, is a, a snitch someone wearing the snitch tail um the easy version is where they're just stand have their back to the runner the runner is going to pull that snitch as quick as they can but you could also do a, 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 a no-handed snitch or even a one-handed snitch if you want to give them a little more work but you want to uh you don't want to make it too hard to pull you want it to be a gauntlet just where people are going going kind of as soon as as soon as you can so it can be timed uh or it can just be like everyone just shouting your name and cheering you on Um, And this is good for just team. And if you have more people, like if I did this with 20 people, I would set up a larger gauntlet, but then also have a line of all the new people just go through one at a time. Um, And this is good to build team cohesion, build a team culture. And this is the thing where people are going to drop passes, they're going to miss beats, they're going to, you know, fumble the catch. And this is your first best opportunity to encourage them, to build a culture of You're on this team, this team is a a cohesive unit, it's family, it's friends, it's whatever you wanna say. Whatever you wanna say it is, it's something that is not gonna judge you harshly based on every little mistake that you make. We're here to get better, we're here to have fun. So that is uh, the gauntlet drill for team, uh, I guess you could say a team bonding gauntlet drill. Are you a seeker? A seeker after truth? I'm more of a chaser, really. And that's the episode for today. hope it, it was uh, helpful. I uh, hope that it was valuable and give you some ideas and some things to think about. Uh, good luck. whoever's listening to this, good luck with your recruitment. Every team needs to recruit. Every team's got to build their numbers back up after retirements and COVID and stuff. So, uh, yeah, get out there. Get some new people involved in Quidditch. Have some fun. Build a new team. And uh, let me know if this was a helpful episode for you. I'm on Twitter at How to Play quid, and you can go to HowToPlayQuidditch.org, or specifically the website for this podcast is cat.howtoplayquidditch.org. Thanks for listening, and uh, catch you next week.